and welcome to a very special episode of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And dun 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 dun. Oh, oh damn it! How does Funky Town go? Not like that. And we've <laughs> got a special guest this week, my wonderful wife Anna. Hello. Hooray! Hello. Thanks for being here, sweetie. I love you. I love you too. It's great Thank to you. be here. Oh, I'm I'm excited. And not only that, Anna is our first ever special guest. Who has opted to present a monster. Which I think is a very brave move. We've had special guests in the past who are awesome. Don't get oh, me wrong. Oh, loved them all Incredible. None of them has taken this brave step of saying, listen, I want to present. I mean, that that is something right there. So uh, credit to him. Yeah, Anna. move over, Ken Sagos. This is the <laughs> bravest person that's ever been on this podcast. My wonderful hey, wife. Hey, F you, Anna. You move over. <laughs> it's true. You two can share the dais. It's true. It's true. It's true. So, so. hit him up with a premise, Ethan. I know Anna must be familiar, but perhaps new listeners are not. Yeah, well, I, I know that Anna may be, but my girlfriend isn't because she doesn't care about the show. Oh. So, in case she's listening, um, like all episodes of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us uh, this week, um, or or is it you also? I Chris? also. Two of us this week. Yeah. Two of us this week have zero idea what this monster, ghoul, demon, goblin, ghost could be and have done absolutely no research Mm-mm. about it because someone else, That's me. Anna, has done that research. That is yes. Anna who has done that research. And we will be playing audience surrogate to ask the questions that your hearts are bleeding, dying, aching to know. Like who's the handsomest on the podcast? <laughs> Well, I'm going to say that's me. I think me. it's Shibble. Fair enough. I would agree with you on that one. <laughs> I would agree with that, too. I'm looking at uh, Shibble and I. And, no, you're you know, taking the cake, my heart. So yeah. what's the name What's the name of this monstrous beast? Well, this uh, uh, monster, using the term loosely, is uh, the <laughs> Mishibishu. 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 Uh, spelled M I. M-I-S-H-I-P-E-S-H-U. That is an Ojibwe word. Okay. Don't, what is Ojibwe? No, uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me because okay. we need to yeah. say. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Sorry. Sorry. I it's do. Right. I am it's familiar right. with the premise, but uh, having not presented uh, before. Um, yes, the, it is Y'all the fall into the rhythms. And what's the other thing that you're allowed to know the region it's from, right? The region, yes, correct. and it yes. is from uh, the Great Lakes region of North America. Okay. Oh, another Michigander. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, so well, do you want to go first with what you think the Mishibishu is in your mind's eye, Ethan? Yes, you know, I have formulated some... Of course, when I read the text from you, Shebby, I read uh, Mishibishu. Mm. Uh, so most of my guests are formulated with the Mishapishu in my head. Oh, uh, good. I'm glad that you've got several. <laughs> oh, oh, of course. 
I know you worry sometimes that I'll only have I one. I know. It's right, just, I'm right. on the edge of my seat. If he's going to hit... You know what they say? Comedy comes in fours. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't come in one. No, it definitely... Um, four is the magic number. Hit me with your... How does Funky Town go? Do-do-do-do-do. do No. do 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 Shibble, that's not even Won't close. you take me to a funky town? Won't no, you take you me take to, me to do, funky town? Funky town. Do, 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 My do. lips ink? Yeah. Do, 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 okay. Do, do. I'm talking about the chorus, but... Yeah, won't you take me to funky town? Won't you take okay. me to... Okay, so here, let me give you some guesses <laughs> about this. <laughs> let me get past that. Um, and this is when I thought it was called the Mishapishu, just to understand. Okay. Um, so the Mishapishu is a 15th century, I'm sure about mm-hmm. this, Incan citadel. Okay. Uh, located in the eastern cordillera of southern Peru on an 8,000-foot mountain ridge. Mm. The Urubamba River flows past it, cutting through the cordillera and creating a canyon with a tropical mountain climate. That is in the Great Lakes region of North America. You're correct. Oh, that's right. Great Lake. <laughs> Get his ass, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I guess. No, you know oh, what? I, was thinking I will of bet Machu you Pires. dollars to donuts there is a Peru, Michigan or something like that. Or Peru, Illinois. There probably you is. Know? Um, yes. No, I was thinking of Machu Picchu. I apologize. So I will go to guest number two. Uh, the dose, Machu we call Picchu it. is uh, a Turkish college. Okay. Mishapish you. I'm not familiar with the term Mishapish. That's the... It's a university. Mishapish you. Okay. Like, it's where... If you were Shibble Erdogan, you would have gone to Mishapish you. Okay. I guess I don't know what you're getting at with Mishapish. What is that? It. It's the name of the monster. No, the Mishapish <laughs> is the name of the monster. How did you get from there to Turkey, I guess? It's a it's a Turkish college, the Mishapish University. What's theory number three before <laughs> I have an aneurysm? Okay, let's go for serious. The Mishapishu is a mustachioed postman from Kansas, <laughs> this is, this is the wearing a one. tight velour tracksuit under his uniform. Mm-hmm. He drives his delivery van to the Great Lakes area to peep in the windows of scantily clad women. But only ones who have just unliked a TikTok video for dead naming Tudor Dixon. Well, I don't know what it is, but I bet it ain't that. Okay, and this is my real thing. Okay, this is the right the one. Not even a guess. How do you really pronounce it, Anna? Mishibishu. Okay, the Mishibishu is an eight-foot-tall humanoid cricket. Cricket. Mm, okay. It stalks the rural roadways of the Great Lakes area. It is immortal, superhumanly strong, glowing red eyes, eats human blood. It makes these horrific chirping noises that pop your eardrums. And it speaks in that cartoon, like, you know that insect voice where it's like, Hello, Shibble and Zana. Am I right? Like the first draft of the movie Candyman. That's real scary. It was, that, was that really how he... T- yeah, that, I think that would have been super scary if that was Candyman. I'm, uh, but also... Oh, Anna's afraid of crickets. Oh, I'm terribly afraid of yep. crickets. Once there was a grasshopper in the car, 
because uh, Chris had been driving the car when he was on his rural route, so there was just a grasshopper trapped in the car, but I was driving home from church with my dad in the car, and the grasshopper started jumping, and I got so freaked out that I took my hands off the wheel, except that we were, like, at a stoplight, so my dad had to, like, reach <laughs> over and grab the steering wheel to keep us from drifting into dropping, and he was like, Anna! Anyway. <laughs> he was right. He was right. Thank God he was no, there. He was right, and I he, am glad yeah, he was really. there. I was just it was it was it was genuinely very it's I don't know. We had when I was little we had a we had like a basement that would get crickets every winter or whatever, and that Uh-oh. was also where like my our playroom was. So I think I had just too <laughs> many times like reaching into the bin where we kept the Barbie clothes and a cricket jumping out at me. Just, you know, that's scary, That's scary stuff. stuff. That is when very you're a scary. small child. Yeah, yeah. Do you can I tell you a real quick one, Shibble and Anna? Um, Please. About you, you were just talking about being in the car and being scared. I I was with Nicole and she handed me her marijuana pen and I was driving and I never smoke when I drive. I just don't mm-hmm. like. I just prefer not to. And I took a hit of it, and I had my, my eyes went black. I couldn't see. And I go, Nicole, I fucking can't see. I'm being serious. And she grabbed the wheel. And for about 10, 15 seconds, I saw nothing. And I just kept my foot, like, on the gas, like, steady. And it freaked me out. I will never do that again. All right. Please don't. I think it's a big snake. You think it's a big snake? All right. Lives in Lake Erie. All right. Like the evil version of Champ. Yeah. That's how I do it. All right. Well, I will tell you, uh, I learned about uh, this creature from... (laughs) I like to read um, creepy Ask Reddit uh, threads. Mm, Um, And this one was about uh, what, uh, you know, cryptid or mythical animal do you think is most likely to be real? And this was one that I had never heard of. In all my reading of these threads. So, but because not everybody uh, learns information best from creepy ass Reddit threads like I do these days, uh, I have um, written a. a, We're going to do it in the form of narrative fiction. Oh my God. That is such a coincidence. Yes. Yes. Shibble, Shibble actually learns best from narrative That's fiction. That's what I've so that heard. Works really That's well. What I've That's heard. why we're such a great couple. It's yeah. almost like you know him. Yeah. You know, I will say I'm not sure if I've never if I've ever written anything in second person before. It is not. Oh, it's fun, isn't really? it? Yeah, it's weird, but I kind of love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's super weird. I guess then uh, uh, that just means it's story time. It's story time. Story time. Story time. Story Story time with Uncle Monster. Monster. Story time. It's hard to sync up over the internet. It is. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time with Uncle Monster. Story time. Story time. You croon the last line of the song into the mic and look up. The studio is dark except for the light above your parchment of scribbled lyrics. So you can't see the engineers, but you know they're there. How's that one, eh? You ask. <laughs> Groovy Gord! Matthew calls back. I think we've got it. Let's quit for the night. 
The lights come up in the studio. Blinking, you stretch and take off your headphones, stroking your mustache thoughtfully while you take a moment of silence for the dead men you're singing about. After all, it was only last month that they died when their cargo freighter was caught in a storm on Lake Superior and sank with all hands. Mm. <laughs> yes, it's December 1975, and you're Ernest Canadian troubadour Gordon Lightfoot, recording your song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, at Eastern Sound in downtown Toronto. You'd been inspired by a Newsweek article about the tragedy, and while you knew you couldn't possibly get all the details right, you'd done your best to tell the crew's story with respect, and the haunting steel guitar riffs that Pee Wee Charles and Terry Clements came up with set off your mournful melody perfectly. You know, as you leave the Victorian houses that make up the studio and head for home, that you've recorded your greatest work. <clears throat> that night, you have a dream. You're on the deck of the Edmund Fitzgerald as the ship moves slowly over the water. On the starboard side, all you can see is the vastness of Lake Superior, or Gichigame, as the Ojibwe call it. But to port, you can see that you're passing close by a densely forested island with no sign of human habitation. No sign of the 29 members of the crew, either. You're alone with the ship and the lake and the sky. Suddenly you hear a strange hissing sound, like a giant cat, bubbling up through the water off the port bow. As you watch, transfixed, a whirlpool forms, and the noise crests into a roar, before a large, lithe creature surfaces, whipping the waves to froth around it by lashing its long, reddish-brown tail. It's like nothing you've ever seen, a Frankenstein of the local fauna, the head and paws of a cougar, the horns of a caribou, a row of scaly spikes running the length of its back and down that seemingly endless tail. You find yourself locking eyes with it, and then there's a voice in your head that sounds like rushing rapids, solidifying into words. Gordon, it says. <laughs> it was me. What? You stammer. What? I, I don't know what you mean. What? Who are you? I have many names, says the creature. The Ojib... <laughs> it's true! <laughs> the... I would love... I, could, I actually could say that about myself. Anyway, go on. <laughs> the Ojibwe call me the Great Lynx, and these waters are my home. Who are you to trespass here? I'm... I'm a singer-songwriter, you say. My 1975 single, Rainy Day People, hit number one on the Billboard Easy Listening chart. <clears throat> I prefer disco, says the Great Lynx. I like a beat I can dance to. <laughs> oh, you say. Your fears are beginning to subside. Surely the monster would have killed you already if it were going to. Well, you can dance to my music, too. It's kind of a folk pop sound. The creature cuts you off. I don't care. You have to tell them, Gordon. You have to tell them it was me. Its tail thrashes faster, and thunder starts to rumble overhead. I am the ice water mansion. I am the gales of November. I wrecked the Edmund Fitzgerald. Awesome. Your jaw drops. Your vision goes black. And then you're sitting up in bed panting. 
and then you're grabbing for a pen and paper, desperate to get this vision down before it disappears, to rewrite your song and tell the truth. You're Gordon Lightfoot, and you've just met the great underwater panther of Lake Superior, what the Ojibwe call the Mishibishu. Amazing. Beautiful story, my dove. Amazing. Boy. Very entertaining. Ethan's going to start commissioning you to ghostwrite for him. You know what? That you know that was that was terribly mean. That was terribly mean. That what a shot in the like uh, from the like that was like a Kennedy shot. I was just you're right. I'm sorry. I know you get insecure about your story times. I shouldn't have said that. I want to apologize to you. I'm gonna. To oh, I'm gonna have to yeah, write man. good story times. Yeah, man. Oh, like okay. I mean, that was, I'm, I'm gonna commission my wife to do it too. That was I'm fantastic. A, oh, oh no. Oh well, you didn't say that. Well, that's because yeah. I'm a professional writer. That. It's true. That's true. That's true. There is. Uh, there is that. Yeah. What a story. Jesus. What? what yeah. a great story. Yeah. And it's all true. I like when its tail was frothing in the water. I mean, those. Those. That was well written. I mean, I. I. I am embarrassed on my stories again. You said that was all true. Gordon Lightfoot really had that dream. Um. I mean, there's no way to 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 tell if he if he if he didn't if he yeah. <laughs> Touche. So yes. In other yeah, words, that's good yes. enough proof for this show. <laughs> what what is his big what is Gordon Lightfoot's big song? That's his big song. Wreck of the Edmund yeah, Fitzgerald what, is his Fitzgerald. big song. What's another one? Um Cause my dad's band played it live all the time in the seventies and it and it's like one of my favorite performances of theirs. I can't remember the name. I'll I'll you guys why don't you tell us a yeah. little bit about the Mishabeshu and I'll look up Gordon Lightfoot's greatest <clears throat> Yes. Okay, well, Yes, let's get to the Mishibishu. It is. Uh, the Mishibishu is a giant underwater cat-like creature. It's important to the <laughs> tradition of the Anishinaabe peoples who originally lived in the Great Lakes region. And that's uh, the Ojibwe. You know, the Ojibwe call it the Mishibishu. And as slightly different but related because they're all related peoples and related languages. But there's the Ojibwe, right. the Odawa, the Algonquin... Uh, Menominee, Potawatomi, um, and these are all native peoples from the same Great Lakes area. Yeah, yeah, from uh, from uh, both, and uh, you know, the U.S. and what is now uh, Canada. Canada, yeah. right? So there'd be a great deal of crossover. Yeah, there. exactly. And um, some of and- Gordon Lightfoot's top singles include "If You Could Read My Mind," "Sundown," "If You Could Read My Mind," "Carefree Highway," "Rainy Day People," and "The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald." It's If You Could Read My Mind. Um, that's the one my dad played. It makes me really happy nice. to hear it. Well, there you go. Nice. Maybe I'll put that as a closing credits for the show. Oh, that would be so nice. Maybe my dad's version? If you can find it, I'd love to. <laughs> I have it. Yeah, that'd be great. Email it to me it. after the show. Okay, That'd cool. be great. Um, as I said in the story, Mishap Issue is just one of its many names. Um, that uh, means great links. Great links mm-hmm. uh, in Ojibwe. Um but while it it has it usually has the head and paws of a large cat, uh, it is not a totally feline creature. Uh, it tends to have um, to have scales. Uh, again, the spikes on its back, uh, the, the horns. The scales would help with swimming. Yeah, the horns of a, <laughs> a deer or bison, and uh, that a very you don't get many long... pure cats who love water, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> A long tail. It's also, it is all, yeah, it's also called uh, the underwater panther. 
That's such a dope Ooh. name. It really that is. That is great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's also my new name. That sounds like <laughs> a, a minor character from a Metal Gear Solid game. Folks at home are going to get that. That went, that went over well. Yeah. Why don't you rewrite your story time? Trust me. They're going to love it. <laughs> Whoop. Hey, Shibble. Whoop. Call me Underwater Panther. You got it, Underwater Panther. Thank you. Now we're even. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so, oh, is this, a, do you know, is this an individual creature or is this a species? It is, it it varies, to be honest. Okay. Um, that's, it not only has many names, it has uh, slightly different aspects and different traditions. It's uh, mm-hmm. in Algonquin legends, it's an underworld being, um, the Ojibwe believe it's the ruler of all water creatures. Um, oh. in, uh, general, and, you know, I'm, this is more of a cosmology thing, they're, they're also seen as an opposing, uh, force to the Thunderbirds, uh, okay. who are, and, uh, the Ojibwe, uh, Anamiki is what, uh, they call the Thunderbirds, um, and they're supposed to rule the air from, a mountain overlooking uh, Lake Superior. That's it's called. Um, uh, it's a mountain in Ontario. I didn't write the name down because it's uh, you know an Anglo name. <laughs> I think. Fair the, I think the o- I think. I think the Ojibwe name that. is something like Mountain of the Thunderbirds. But um, and they are they're sort Apt. of locked in an eternal struggle. That okay. from from my you know kind of cursory reading i i think this is more of like uh holding the world in balance struggle more than like a good versus evil struggle okay um uh because while because while uh the mr pichu is seen as you know um uh uh, something that uh, will drown you something yeah destructive and dangerous (laughs) it's not always malicious about it it is you know in some ways it's nature um, in that way. Or, or your sort of traditional thing of, you know, there's a water monster that's exists to scare children away from bodies mm-hmm. of water, but it's actually because that's easier than saying, don't go in the water. You might drown, you know? Yeah. 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 And it does, it lives in, uh, Lake Superior traditionally. Okay. And Lake Superior is, Lake Superior is basically an, an inland freshwater sea. It, it's so huge that it has. Does it have tides? I like. I wouldn't be surprised. It's big enough. It has. It's big enough to have rogue waves. And did you guys ever see Bill Bill O'Reilly? Um, no. When when he goes when he goes, we don't know everything. You think we know everything? We don't know why the tides come in. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we got that one. No, we we know we know why. We figured that one out. Yeah. Fucking magnets, how do they work? <laughs> My TV. What why is it turn on? So, so I forgot where we left off in the mission. I was just basket. just exactly how huge Lake Superior is, you know. Oh, oh like, yes. Yeah. Big, Obviously. So that's one of those high, ones where Jimble. you can be in the center and not see shore. Yeah, absolutely. And that's you know, the Ooh. uh 
The, well, Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald starts the legends come down, come down from the Chippewan down mm. of the Great Lake they call Gitchigumi. And like uh, Gitchigumi mm. or Gitchigame in uh, Ojibwe, again, just literally means big water. Like, it also means Lake Superior. You know, there's, you can't come up with a different word for it. You're just like, fuck, that's big. It's huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, is it the biggest of the Great Lakes? Oh, yes, by far. Yeah. That's why it's called Lake Superior. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, uh, yes. Yeah, Confirmed. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it specifically lives on Mishapotan Island off Ooh, the coast okay. of Ontario. So we could go to its oh. island. Yeah, I didn't know it had a specific uh, home home little. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, the island is it's um it's uninhabited in the winter because it you know it gets ice bound because it's of just, the mission. He has a beach house. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's off the coast of Ontario, and it's um mostly I believe um it's uh like a national park, like kind of a okay. sanctuary. Like it really doesn't ever have much of a population besides people who are there, like, hunting and fishing and, like, you know, nature scientists. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And uh, there, I believe there's a caribou population on the island. Um, oh, okay. It is also uh, Mishapotan Island and the region more generally um, had plentiful copper, copper deposits. Okay. Um, that the indigenous peoples actually mined um, mm. long before um, Europeans arrived. Um, Interesting. But and uh, the Mitsubishi is known to um, to guard that. It they they okay. by the time by the time the Europeans arrived in this region, it it had become um, taboo to to take copper from the area. And and from would I have a question? Why would they be concerned about the Europeans coming to take their copper? I'm sorry. Who? Why would the Mishibeshu be concerned, or why would the yes? Why would the Mishibeshu be concerned that white European colonialists would take their copper? Well, they did. I mean, oh, it's a legitimate okay. concern. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm, it, um, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. They took everything. I, if I if I had a Mishibeshu, I would have put it in front of everyone when the colonialists came. Yeah. I would have put him on the front lines and had him accept those cholera blankets. Yeah, breaking even that way. Get rid of that guy that keeps drowning everybody and those white people. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to sacrifice the Mishibeshu. I thought he could win the war. We'll see. Let's see if he can handle that cholera. Do we know if he's immune to cholera? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah, you don't he hear is. about them getting diseases. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go with that. All right, immune to cholera. He's doing fine. Immune to cholera. Immune Unless to cholera. there used to be a lot of them, there could have been a lot of them before who died out due to cholera. It's true. The cholera yeah. might have gotten. Yeah. Them. yeah, that could be why why uh, it retreated to. Uh, well, it didn't retreat, but uh, that's you know it. Uh, why I think it primarily lives on the the island um, island, mm, yeah. and that's where that's where, uh, like I said, um, you know, it was Jesuit missionaries who first uh, got to the region, and it had become uh, you weren't supposed to 
uh, mine copper in the area anymore, and especially you couldn't take copper from Mishpoten Island because that was stealing directly from Mishupishu, and that was just going to piss him off. Um, yeah, in right. some like he's so closely, um, and I'm saying he, but it's an it, um, it, you know, uh, right. Uh, and you're such an animal lover. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so he's kind of like the le- he's like the leprechaun with his gold with the copper. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I can see well, that I'm saying that he's so closely that in um a lot a lot of traditions he's partly made of copper. Uh, oh, either oh, his see? either his horns are made of copper, or uh, often his tail uh, is Ooh. made of copper. There's uh, various. So this is cool. I yeah, like there's that. various stories. Um, there's like this is I believe a Chippewa story that I had bookmarked here. There are other animals with pieces of them made of um, the same metal. Yeah. You know, I'm going to read this like a, whole story. A copperhead. I'm going to ah! read this whole story. Ah! <laughs> Just help. as a, as a example of the kind of stories. Um, there once was a big lake where Indians lived all around it. In the middle of the lake, there was a big island of mud, which made it impossible just to paddle straight across. So if someone in one village wanted to go to the one on the opposite side... They would have to paddle all around the edge of the lake. They stayed away from the island of mud because of a bad manadoo. One day, one of the villages was holding a dance, and the people from the other side of the lake started out in their canoes, coming around the edge of the lake. Two women who were going started out late after everyone else had gone. The two women were sisters-in-law, and one of them was rather foolish. She was steering the canoe and headed straight across the lake to the island of mud. The other warned her not to do it, but it didn't do any good. The first girl carried a little cedar paddle with her, but did not use it for paddling. She carried it everywhere with her. As they got to the middle of the lake, they started to cross the island of mud, and in the center of the mud, they saw a hole of clear water. The water was <laughs> swirling around like a whirlpool, and as they started to cross that bit of open water, a panther came out and twitched his tail across the boat and tried to turn it over. The girl picked up her little cedar paddle and hit the panther's tail with it. As she hit it, she said, Thunder is striking you. The paddle cut off the panther's tail where she had hit it, and the end Mm. dropped into the boat. It was a solid piece of copper about two inches thick. The panther ran away through the mud, and they laughed hard. One girl said, I guess I scared him. He won't bother us again. When they got across, the girl gave the piece of copper to her father. The copper tail of the underwater panther had magical powers. Everyone Mm. wanted a little piece of the tail to carry for luck in hunting and fishing, and people would give her father a blanket for that tiny, a tiny piece of that copper. Her family got rich from the tale of that underwater panther. Incredible. From, yeah. What a sad, what a sad tale of poaching. <laughs> I'm going to say, but what that reveals to me is perhaps cedar is to the Mishibeju as silver is to a werewolf. Yeah. That's true. That could be true. That could be I'm true. I'm going to put that on the board. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I wonder if the cedar has an association with the Thunderbirds. Could be. Oh, Could that's be. a good point. What a, what a powerful uh, girl to take a cedar uh, plank and, and, and just yeah. take off the whole tail. <laughs> Especially made of copper. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, and, and imagine you could get rich off of two feet of copper. Yeah. 
Just like that's why I've been trying to go around to these construction sites lately. <laughs> yeah, I've been carrying. Shibble and I, no, Anna, when we were young, we used to go to old abandoned buildings with shopping carts and strip down the copper wire. Oh, I'm sure. Then we'd sell it for Adderall. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> or whatever else we could get. Yeah, DVDs. Egg and cheese is at the diner. I'm sorry, y'all went to high school in Connecticut. You could get Adderall. Yeah, that's true. We Well, I had Dexedrine. <laughs> I was clean living. It was good enough. I was I was skinnier. Well, there you go. Who needs a functioning yeah. heart? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> would you like some would you like to break this up? Um I don't I don't I don't want Anna to have to go this is our first time, I don't want to have to go all the way through the whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, would, for sure. You would got Anna some facts? like some Oh yeah. I have some great Great Lakes presents water facts. Ooh. Great Lakes presents water facts. Well, Anna and Chibble, water is alien. What? All water on Earth arrived as ice on asteroids and comets from space. Wow, that's a lot. There's a lot of water. That's surprising. Yeah, it's space water. It's all from space. It could be just water. It could just be diluted star jelly. I'm thinking. Yeah, that's probably what it becomes. That's probably where water comes from. Number two. Water doesn't follow the normal rules of chemistry. What? Water's made up <laughs> What? Water is made up of two elements, oxygen and hydrogen. What? Both of which are very light. The rules of chemistry say that on Earth, liquid water should not exist. Mm. Instead, if water followed the rules, it would exist on Earth only as water vapor. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, always a rule breaker. That's what I say about water. Yes. And the universal solvent. Mm. In the 1970s, a Saudi Arabian prince started an iceberg towing company. Okay. Is that a sound effect? Uh, No, that was (laughs) a nearby motorcycle. Oh, okay. Um, Mohammed Al-Faisal once established Iceberg Transport International to tow Antarctic bergs to Mecca and melt them into fresh water. They estimated it cost $100 to tow 100 million tons of ice, and that the trip would take eight months. But after debating the scheme uh, and doing a test in San Francisco Bay, the company determined the plan would not work. That was in the late 70s and early 80s. Even today, towing icebergs remains uneconomical. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, we're kind of running low on those anyway. Yeah. We really shouldn't be messing with them Maybe we should be dragging ice up there. Yeah, exactly. How much does that cost? Uh, so is that the end of our water facts? Well, we have more. Oh, but yeah, for this time, round, yeah. you know the rules. Yeah, I lost count. I'll confess. Oh, it's okay. So, you got more uh, Mishibiju for us? Well, I do. Um, when you it when it's when it's angry, it okay. it will hiss or roar. You know, like a like a great cat, like a um, and you know. In the when you're thinking about the Great Lakes region, the big cat you're thinking of is, is the cougar, and that is oh, uh, sure. is one yeah. that will I think both roar and purr. Um, I'm always like, thinking about mountain cougars. lion. It's the same as the mountain lion, yeah, yeah. I okay, I I could I never am sure about that, but it yeah, is, cougar, mountain animal. lion, and puma are all the same animal. 
Okay. Is a bobcat related? Uh, no, bobcats are much smaller. Uh, there's okay, gotcha. uh, bobcats are not much bigger than uh, house cats, and then lynx are like I think the size of a large dog, and then cougars. And they have big ears. Are, they have those yeah, pointy ears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bobcats have um have uh, pretty fun ears, but they're they're uh, much smaller. But they're like the size you know of like how... a corgi, right? You know I'm how Shibble loves sure. cats? I do. And cats I do. And cats love Shibble? I do. Um, do you think he could go into a room with a lynx and like make it come to him and pet it or would it bite him? It would not it would not go to you if it were not a tame if it were not a tame lynx it would just want to oh no i mean straight out of the jungle the Mm. jungle they're not jungle animals but um so it's already i I want one that has been put in the jungle for a while so it's angry nice (laughs) i think he would just want to i'll leave it alone that's what it's I true. do. I don't want to bother. He's probably in a lot of... Yeah, um, he'd be yeah, real stressed out. Be real stressed yeah. out. Just want to hide. Just want to yeah. hide. I feel like Chibble could get it to lay down and pet it. <laughs> I just feel like he has that talent. So continue. I apologize. Uh, it, it, it's angry. It's hissing. It's a big cat with spikes on its back. It's yeah, scaring yeah, me. Go ahead. It uh, has... Uh, and uh, the hisses and roars, they they sound like, you know, like rapids, like storms okay. over oh. the lake. Like, uh, you know, it's basically, it's, its temper is uh, responsible for Lake Superior's, like, notoriously dangerous weather. Um, it's the cause, you know, it's, uh, attributed, uh, as causing, you know, rapids and rogue waves and whirlpools and. So like the volatile climate is purely due to the, the actions of the Mishabish. We figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. There was. That's cool. Um, and you know, back in the, back in the 1840s, there was Mm -hmm. a copper rush. Okay. Uh, on the well, yeah, there was a copper rush on the Great Lakes, and a lot of prospector ships, you know, sank. Um, mm, wow, evidence. Yeah, it no, is. I mean, <laughs> but it is true. Like that's probably where it got. I well, you know, I'm maybe talking out of my ass here because I didn't uh, research this uh, far back in depth. But I think that that's probably where. Um, you know, traffic really increased on Lake Superior, and so that's mm-hmm. probably where, you know, it first began getting uh, such a bad reputation among, um, you know, Europeans. Well, you know, as we see it, obviously, you know, if people who live there, you know, it's very hard to miss. You cannot miss the lake, you cannot miss the storms, you cannot miss the weather. And as these right. were, um, as the, they were in the Chippewa story, these were canoe-faring people, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta be really careful with your canoes, you know? You said. I am deathly afraid of being in a canoe and it turning over and I can't get mm. back up. And then also, there's an underwater panther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that would make it worse. Yeah. Absolutely. Ugh. And yeah. then I gotta tell you, this whole situation, it sounds crazy to me. It does. But can it love? I got it. Sorry, I just got to give you one thing. 
before okay, I'm we sorry. get into that. No, it's my Look last what you've thing. you've done. Uh, Your wife was speaking, and, and you couldn't let her finish. That's like me. That's just so like me. Abusive. It's okay. You're just trying to keep things moving along at a good clip. You didn't know that I have a startling... I like this I clip. have a startling new theory. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah. I like the sound yeah. of that. Um, so, like I said, it sank a lot of prospector ships in the 1840s. Uh-huh. And, you know... My I'm, copper, no! No! Um, my wife's getting <coughs> too mad! <laughs> Wait, prospector Shibble, what happened to your ship? They got caught up in a whirlpool. What were you looking for out there? What were copper. you finding? Copper! I love that orange stuff! It's really it's valuable, isn't it? worth its weight in pennies! <laughs> you know, what else is valuable... <laughs> And mined in the Great Lakes area is something mm. called taconite iron ore. Not particularly okay. important what that is, except that the Edmund Fitzgerald was full mm. of it. Okay. Oh. And the Edmund Fitzgerald sank 50 miles southeast of Mishapotin Island, the home of mm. the Mishabishu, after passing, like, I'm going to send you a picture of the track line. Of the Edmund okay. Fitzgerald, uh, and how close it passes to the island Mishapotin is the that big island kind of in the middle of the map, closest to oh. the shore of Ontario. Look at that! Yeah. Oh wow! Look at that! Look at that! That's it, awful close. Yeah, yeah, man. That's yeah, evident. You heard it here first. The wreck this of the Edmund what, Fitzgerald. Yep. This is what's by it. my amazing wife. Yep. It was so... See, Anna doesn't just bring stories. She, they bring evidence. Brings the truth. Yes. How about that? <laughs> that is listeners, crazy. Listeners, that's evidence. All right? We tell stories. That's real evidence. I mean, th- this, this could be a real monster. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. But can it love... A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. It's so romantic, and this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? Can it love? Can it love? Love. Let's hear some theories. You know, I, it, I, I, I will say. Yes and no. <laughs> okay. Expound yeah. on that. Um, no in the sense that, um, like I said, it is in many ways an indifferent force of nature. But mm. yes in the sense that it is protective. It is protective okay. of its home. And it is also, um, you know, as the in that Chippewa story and in other stories... 
um, you know, some, like, stories gathered, gathered by, uh, uh, Jesuits, uh, really, um, you know, there were natives who, uh, the copper was viewed as, a piece of copper viewed mm-hmm. as being part of the Mishibishu's body was an incredibly powerful artifact. And... Right. Mad- magic, yeah, right? Yeah, well, and, and, and an incredibly powerful artifact and, you know, to be used for good luck in hunting and fishing and stuff like that. And in that, in that, in that it's not, you know, it, it's something that is, is useful. Uh, I hate to say useful because that sounds so instrumentalizing and colonialist. Fair enough. But you know what I mean. <laughs> something that you know is I mean? valued. Not, like... The, well, they, they had the relationship is not the, the, there's a relationship there. Okay, that that the Mishibishu can um, uh, uh, you know getting you know kind of getting closer to it maybe will help you with getting closer to other aspects of of nature of you know, hunting and fishing and, uh... Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Ethan? Do you think you can love? You go first. Okay. I'm gonna say... I mean, this whole time I've been listening, I've been thinking about love for some reason. Probably because <laughs> oh, of my... that was the ...wonderful thing. wife. Uh, so I'm gonna so say a... yes. Wait, time out. That was actually super sweet. It is very and sweet. I... It, it like... It, like, really, it touched me. Oh. Like, I'm not even joking, so go ahead. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I think it can love. Maybe just because I'm in a loving mood. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. What about you, Underwater Panther? Can it love? I think it it doesn't have a romantic love. Okay. Because I, 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 I think... Uh, you know, I know that a lot of the different traditions vary in in whether they think it's a a one off entity or a species. I think it's a one off. I think it's a force of nature. I think it's like a kraken. You know, that same giant, like a Loch Ness. You mm-hmm. know, that giant force of nature creature. That there's one. Maybe there used to be more, but there's one left. So I don't see it um, having love. In a romantic sense, but it may love copper. It may love its area because it's protective of those things. And I think being protective of something shows either obsession or possessiveness or love. So there is a chance that it could be love that's a factor in that. So that's my rationale for it's possible that it could love, but I don't think so. Fair enough. So, what are we doing on our dream date? Dream date for me is 1997 <laughs> at the diner, the Bull's Head Diner. Classic diner, Stanford, Connecticut. I have a milkshake and egg and cheese. Shibble has, and I are sharing mozzarella sticks. And I'm there. Shibble's there too. It's a double date. Okay. I forgot to mention. Okay. It's not a date. It's not our date. We have our separate. But you and I decided to share an app. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can share an app on a double date. No, that's fine. It's normal that you and I are sharing an app. Yeah. I wonder who we're on Um, our date with other than each other. And we know what app means back then because it's 97. There was only one word, you know, app meant one thing. Yeah. They used to be called programs. Yeah. (laughs) So. So we, sure so did. I'm there with 
the Mitsubishi and we're eating and you're there with Anna and it's oh. your first date and you just met. So we're all meeting each other at the same time and it's back in time. So it's the origin of all of our relationships. So that's the perfect first date. Oh, it's kismet. Ah, yep. That's great. I, what about you, my heart? We would, um, surf date on Lake Superior. Okay. Get out the boogie boards. Yeah. You, you, that's, uh, uh, I missed when I was talking about how big Lake Superior is. That's kind of a definitive thing on how big it is, is that people surf there. Fair enough. Uh, but how do the tides work? It's, it's just big enough. That, Who knows? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> tides go in, tides go out. Who knows how it works? <laughs> My dream date with the Mishabishu is going to be uh, going to catch a film at the Bijou. Oh, wow. I like that. Nice. And we'll watch Cat People. Nice. Oh. By Roger cool. Vadim. Yeah. But can it is fuck? That, is that from 1982? There was a remake from 1982. I think that was okay. by Paul uh, Schroeder. I was about to say Paul Schrodinger as some sort of cat joke. <laughs> can it fuck? <laughs> can it fuck? Well, once again, this depends on whether it is a uh, species or a one-off or Mm. whether perhaps, and I apologize if this is unintentionally offensive, perhaps. Its eternal struggle with the Thunderbird has uh, a sexual tension to it. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Enemies to lovers, classic it arc. Is. A yeah. thin line between love yeah. and hate. We all know it. Mm-hmm. Except between me and my wife, that line is very thick because I love my wife very much and I do not hate them. It's true. I don't hate uh, you either, but, sweetie. Aw, thanks, baby. That's very nice of you to say on the podcast. <laughs> It's on the record All, now. Off the podcast, oh, no! however. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to say I think that it can fuck just because it's so much part of the natural world. Mm. And there's nothing more natural than fucking. Yeah, that's Birds do it. Bees do it. Name one thing more natural than fucking, Anna. Go. Even educated fleas do it. I'm sorry I had Cole Porter in my head. Uh, death. That's fair. <laughs> What? Death. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, excellent. You're right. Shib- that made Shibble so sad. It did. Shibble, one thing more natural than fucking. I, 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 before the start of this episode, I would have said water, but I just found out it's from fucking outer space, so I don't even yeah, know anymore. Really. My whole world's upside down. I'm going to go with shame. Ooh. Mm. To me, that seems like a construct. Animals don't know It is. Shame. I'm yeah. joking. Okay. It was a joke. I mean, it comes naturally. No, you learn it. You you learn shame. Speaking of water, do you have any more... The Great Lakes presents Water Facts. Yes, I do. Hot water mm. freezes faster than cold water, and no one knows why. I've heard that. I've heard that, this too. Is, no. I've heard that it's a myth, and I've heard that it's true. This is known as the Mpemba effect, mm. named after the Tanzanian student who discovered the phenomenon. Hmm. Well, good work, Mpemba. Yeah, I, I think that's his last name. Good work, Mr. Mpemba. 
There you go. Professor Mpemba, hopefully by now. He was a student. Oh, oh, now, yes. Professor Mpemba. Mr. Mpemba. Sir. Uh, Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Mpemba. Or janitor Mpemba. We don't know. You could have chosen to get off the academic uh, track. That's true. It's fine. Whatever you chose to do. Mrs. Mpemba. Think about that. Sexism. 85% of the water on the International Space Station is recycled. From space. If you're hip to space operations lingo, using what you've got wherever you're at is called in situ resource utilization or ISRU. Fair enough. Most ISRU water comes from condensed astronaut breath, sweat, and urine. Yes, NASA installed a fancy pee recycling machine in 2008 to save launching 2,800 liters per year into low Earth orbit. That's some, the, what are they called? From Dune. Oh, the the suits. Or like uh, in Waterworld, where Kevin Costner drinks a cup of his own piss. Is uh, Gina Davis in Waterworld? Uh, no. No, she's in that pirate movie with... Yeah, Cutthroat Island. Yep, very good. All right, uh, and number six. Around 2030, there could be very serious worldwide water crises. Mm. Naturally, the military is very worried about it. Uh, one General Wald says, Water wars are not new. He cited Egypt's constant threat of war with Ethiopia over the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam. We're going to have to hit bottom, says Wald, before we wake up and realize just how bad things are. And a full innovative engine to solve water shortages kicks into gear. Yep. He might be right. He's absolutely right. It's true. There are going to be water wars soon. I keep on, I need to buy some rain barrels. Anyway, well, it's some. fight night. Fight. Uh, how many shacks? How many shacks? Well, in our first battle, we like to we like to build up a little bit, Shivel. In our first battle, mm. how many prime Shaquille O'Neals would it take to defeat this Mishibeshu? Well, how how long did you say it was from uh, tip of the tail to the snooter? It is. Let me see. I want to say it's about nine feet. Okay, no, that's not no, no, insurmountable. No, that's, uh, I can see that being oh, snooter to horses. Wait, it's well, no, smaller than that. Smaller than that. Okay. Uh, I think it's well, a three foot long tail with a six foot long from yeah, from something to like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's got it's spikes. About, uh, yeah, it's uh, actually yeah, it's about the size of a. It's uh, generally about the size of a lynx or mountain lion. And okay. So those can be, I would say, between. Yeah, I would say, yeah, nose to tail. Maybe, maybe eight feet. Yeah, yeah. Coolers are. And we'll give them eight feet. Okay. Yeah. We'll give them eight feet. All right, and it's got uh, spikes on its back, horns, mm-hmm. puma teeth, copper horns, copper horns, possibly a copper tail, uh, claws. Yep, yep. Scales, a thick scaly hide. Let me drop a little uh, some picture of it in the chat there. Oh, there we Let's go. See what the... And we also know that it is, uh, it swims. Perfect. Yep, that's what it looks like. Yep. It's a cute little guy, uh, right? 
No, it's, is this is great. He's a handsome little Skits fella. Skits that really long tail. <laughs> that could be a great weapon. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. true, especially if it's made of copper. Imagine yeah, getting whipped with a nine-foot-long, yeah. two-inch-thick copper wire. Yeah. You could get killed being whipped hard enough with that. Oh, for sure. Um, and we know that it swims all the time, so it's probably pretty ripped. That's full-body anaerobic exercise. So are we looking at, like, a what's that Batman villain, Killer Croc? Killer Croc, uh, yeah, comparable, but also with horns. Killer Croc with horns and a and a um, tail made of copper and spikes on the back. Yeah, so this yeah, is a pretty nasty yeah. customer. Nasty and, customer, and, and frankly, and weather powers. Okay, because oh, yeah, can weather it, powers. Well, did I you mean, encounter you know, any sort of lightning situations? The, the, uh, I don't think it has, like, specifically lightning powers, but, you know, it causes storms over the lake. Okay. Okay. So maybe it could at least create some adverse fighting conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's tougher shack yeah. to fight in the rain or what have you. Yeah. I'm going to say you're going to need... This is, I'm going to call this one a three shack minimum. Yeah. You know who I'm going to ask about to get the answer? Uh, shack... Who do you? How many of you do you think it would take? I think I could do it with two. I actually agree. That was going to be my answer. Oh, okay. Two. You and Shaq are on the same page. <laughs> yes, I I believe that two would do the trick. All right. Well, I'm not one to contradict the big man. Let's split the difference and say two to three. Okay. Number two, uh, we have the Mishibishu. How do you say it again? Mishibishu. Mishibishu versus five Mori Povich guests that found out they are the father mm. and five that found out that they are not. Ah, are I they think... on a boat? Yes. The Mishibishu mm. has them. Yeah. I'm going to say the ones that just found out they are the father, <laughs> they're going to be too despondent. They're, they're never happy yes. to find that out. And yeah. as much energy as the ones that found out they aren't the father are going to be bringing to this fight, I think they're also they're going to still be distracted. thinking about this issue. Their head's not going to be in the game. They're distracted. And yeah, and also the Mishibishu is uh, underwater panther with uh, whirlpool powers yeah. that will probably sink the boat, and they probably don't have much by way of water-based fighting technique. So you're giving it to the Mitsubishi. Yeah. yeah. The Andersons are going that way for sure. Unless maybe Maury was doing a special Fleet Week episode. And then, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. give him a little more. That, would that could be an extra. Oh, would, yeah, I'd, I'd watch, watch that. that. <laughs> Number three, Mishibishu versus Mishibishu, which is the Peruvian witch with her organs dangling out. What's that called, Chibble? Uh, the the uh, uh, Penangalan? Yeah, uh, Mishapishu, Mish the Penangalan. Who wins? Penangalan versus Mishapishu. They can float, so they yeah, can stay above yeah, the water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But floating will make them vulnerable to uh, wind and storm-based attacks, which I'm going to say is going to wash the vinegar off of their organs, which they need in order to keep their organs shrunk. They will not be able to get back in their jar, and they will die at sunrise. But will they die during the battle? Uh, I'm going to say offensively, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to close the gap. 
you know, they could try and throttle the Mishibeshu with their uh, organs but <laughs> or their tongue. But I think uh, it's just going to be too physically powerful. I agree. It's too much soft tissue versus a monster. Yeah, yeah. The 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 Penangolan's main weapon, I think, is surprise, and I don't think that's going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. It lives in Anna, yeah. Do you have if a? It, uh, uh, lives in all of Lake Superior. Yeah, you're not going to sneak up on it. Yeah. The Mishapishu versus Dalsim from Street Fighter. Mm. Okay, so. <laughs> Dalsim is obviously going to have the range. Yes, always. Uh, but I'm going to say this is going to not be unlike Dalsim's fights against Blanca, who are both sort of <laughs> novelty characters, I want to yes. say. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could see Dalsim going the distance. Yeah? I think especially with uh, Yoga Flame and Yoga Fire, once this thing gets out of water, that's how you're going to dry him out, and I think that's going to be a real problem. Oh, Interesting. Anna, do you have an opinion mm, on that? Well, I just looked up Dalsim. He looks like a mighty tough customer. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, you're scared of very skinny men. Oh, he's Absolutely. a he's a pacifist who goes against his beliefs by entering the tournament to raise money for his poor village. Well, yeah, there really? you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> that's what his Wikipedia article says. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't ever go that deep into it when I was playing Street Fighter. Yeah, so I'm gonna uh, award him a moral victory. All right, Very there good. we go. I, I might too. Uh, number five, we have the Mishapishu versus a bunch of very. This is real. A bunch of very angry and confused um, right wingers clogging up the veteran suicide prevention line in order to flood the line with calls to release um, the January 6th prisoners as a publicity stunt. Wow. Hooray! So like That was a real thing that they did. Yeah. Real thing that happened. Fantastic work, fellas. It sounds like mission accomplished. Proud boys, stand down. Uh, I'm going to put this one in the mission issue. Anna? Uh... Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, much Mr. Say about Be- that. Okay, number six, Mr. Beshu versus Hermione and Draco Malfoy because they fucked up. Mm. Oh wow! Together uh, at last. Well, I'm gonna say the Mr. Beshu is uh, a a big. Her Myco shipper. I don't. I'm sure there's an actual official word for it, but I've just made up her Myco, <laughs> and that's so much better than it could possibly be. Dre Miami. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds just like an anti seasick medication. Uh, uh, they're big shipper. Um, mm. so they're just going to be so excited. Uh, that their ship finally went cannon, that they're uh, going to let down their guard, and uh, they'll be able to um, uh, Vodra Kedavra or whatever, you know. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and Spelliarmus. Totally a Vodra Kedavra. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. All right. Abracamagic. <laughs> Magico. <laughs> In Spelliates. Uh, uh, Doropius. Um, the Mishibeshu versus the Mishibeshu's ex-girlfriend in a verbal altercation. Mm. With no gaslighting allowed. No, ga- well, 
without larger context here, you know what? I'm going to have to call this one a draw. I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I want to come into this with an open heart. Let's hear what they both have to say in the spirit of open communication. I think truly the losers here are, uh, you know, any... um, The children? No, well, I was going to say maritime commerce, but it wouldn't be maritime commerce (laughs) on a lake, would it? But, you know, any boats that happen to be on Lake Superior while this uh, fighting is happening, because it's it's not going to be, it's going to be very bad. And probably yeah, probably cause you know a lot of rain in in Ontario and Michigan and Wisconsin. I'm too. just gonna say it's it's my theory that uh, all boats are the Mission Pesher's children. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Too, so weird. <laughs> Two more Mission Pesher versus Freddy Krueger. Okay. At a 1986 pool party mm. at a very nice Springwood home in the middle of 50 <laughs> high school kids. Ooh. <laughs> 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 De- okay, we don't need to know if the Mishapeshu dreams because in this case, Freddy is in the real world. Yeah, he's awake. He's yeah. he's in the yeah, yeah. he's in the waking world. Yeah, and the mm. Mishapeshu would be in the pool in this scenario. Okay, but we've noticed that Freddy is not at his strongest in the real world, but that's where the Mishapeshu is pretty strong. Uh, so I'm gonna have to put this one on the Mishapeshu. Wow. Well, I think it'd be a it'd be a great fight though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Freddy's going to be pulling out all the stops. But I think just in terms of, you know, this guy seems like he's got a lot of tricks, and he seems like he's pretty strong. Anna, do you agree? I got to say I do. Okay. It has, you know, it has an, un, it's unfathomably ancient, for one thing. And, mm. you know, <laughs> it is a creature of the water in a way that uh, Freddy Krueger uh, could never be. So, you know, it's right. true. That was the theme of Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, that, that that's true. All right, last one. <laughs> the Mishabeshu versus Timmy Hendrix, no relation to Jimmy, <laughs> but he spells his last name almost the same, and he has a SWAT team of six train riding hobos armed with whatever they found on the train. And what are they I'm going to say this one's going to be happening on old Mud Island. Yeah. Yes. Um I mean, depending on the train, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say the hobos and Timi Hendrix could probably bang this out. You could probably find some, you know, you're gonna have at least fire axes on a train, you know, you're gonna have some stuff. I bet there's a security, uh, you know, I bet a lot of trains yeah. have guns on them. Oh yeah, you're right. It depends. Yeah, you could find probably find some great weapons on a train. Yeah, yeah, and I think properly armed, a good you know, squad of, of people with the emotional toughness that hobos and Timmy Hendrix would have. I think uh, they'd be able to combine arms against their common foe. Timmy Hendrix and six hobos together at yes. last? Yes. Yeah. The dream team. They've got it. Well, that was fight night. Thank you guys for participating. Hey! Woo! Woo! Well, you got any more... Uh, Great Lakes present Water Facts. The biggest known cloud of water vapor was discovered by NASA scientists around a black hole 12 billion light years from Earth. Oof. There is one. That doesn't surprise me because all water is from space. That's. We learned that. 
There is 140 trillion times as much water in that as all the water in the world's oceans. Wow, well, that's wild. That's a pretty big cloud. That's wild. That's a lot of water. Yeah, right? Now you know why it came from space. They have plenty of water yeah. out there. Yeah. Boy, there's that's what we need to do. We need to start mining space for water. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's resources. definitely what we've learned from the Mishibishu yeah. is always <laughs> exploit natural resources. Yeah. Always. Oh, I'm strip sorry, I didn't mean to steal it from planets. the vast emptiness of space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they loved it up there. Number eight. A kilo of cotton. Enough for a shirt and a pair of jeans mm. needs ten thousand liters of water to produce. Whoo! Yikes! Where's that water? So if I really squeezed my jeans out, I could get ten thousand liters of water out of it. Uh, You'd have no. to squeeze it so hard. So all that so water hard. is destroyed in that process. It's just gone. Yep. Yeah, I so mean it's growing water. and processing the cotton. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot of water. Uh. Leonardo da Vinci and Niccolo Machiavelli mm. once came up with nice teamwork. Like, who would have thought they hung out? You just wait till you hear their <laughs> album. Uh, they once came up with a plan to use water uh, to win a war mm. by diver- uh, diverting the River Arno. Da Vinci was obsessed with water. He drew its vortices endlessly. Mm. He also worked out a lot of the science of how it flows well before the field of fluid dynamics was established. That's cool. That's awesome. That is awesome. And those are water facts. Man, though, when it comes to this Mishibishu, I am terrified out of my mind. He clearly sank the Edmund Fitzgerald, and he's never been brought to justice. Yeah. Yeah, are you scared, Underwater Panther? Uh, I'm so glad you have used my correct name. Um Yes, I am. I am frightened because anything that is Gordon Lightfoot related, copper related, and is a monster, I mean, really gets to me in a way that only Candyman, when I was twelve, usually does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's touched several nerves. It, yeah, a lot of nerves, and and I'm nervous. I don't think I'll be able to sleep tonight. So, I mean, do you, Anna? You got to really tell only, us. There's only one question, right? Yeah, is it real? Is real. Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! Hey! Well, it is, it's as real as the Thunderbird. So, real um, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, I would say that I would not really refer to it as a, a cryptid or a monster so much as a creature, you know, because it is mm-hmm. part of, part of, more part of a, uh, religion slash cosmology you know kind of yeah, world it's more a folk view. religion yeah, yeah yeah we're not gonna come on here and be like here's our latest cryptid jesus right exactly <laughs> yeah oh my god that's my next cryptid i i i, I hesitated to say it because i had a feeling that would be your instinct that is, I'm being dead serious. He he came back, I mean, he comes back to life, he turns water into wine, yeah. he walks on what he's a cryptid. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Does he have glowing red eyes? That's the real trick. Yeah, it's... Yes. Yeah, so it is, it's as real as the Thunderbird, it's as real as the Minotaur. Yeah. Although yeah. that's, the Minotaur is more of a specific, uh, uh... Mythological? Beast? Oh, well, no, I mean, it's it's like a guy. It's like an individual guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it was a guy who was cursed. Well, you know, no, it was, it was, it was, it was because his mom 
had sex with a sacred bull. That's right, how yeah, you get the sale. It was. It was. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't do anything to deserve the curse. He was just. Well, neither did Io, who slept with Zeus and was turned well, into a yeah. cow, so Hera yeah. wouldn't. You know, it was, I mean, that's uh, that's uh, uh, Greek mythology is filled with people who didn't deserve stuff. And it looks like we're getting the red light from Uncle Munster. Oh, that is a red light, isn't it, Chips? It is. Oh, Anna, that's goodness. your first red light. How exciting! I'm very proud. How exciting! I made it all the way to the red light. Yes. Amazing! You're also one of our rare guests that did not tap out before the episode ended. <laughs> uh, Anna, Anna, can I introduce you to someone? Uh, sure. Love to. Uh, this, this, uh, Anna, this is Uncle Monster. Hey! Hello, Uncle Monster. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. It's a, the pleasure is all mine. They never told me you were so beautiful. <laughs> oh, Uncle Monster. Hey, watch it, buddy. What? I'm just saying. Uncle Monster getting a little lascivious. I, Uncle Monster, what what can we do? Do you have any movies for us to watch um, in the I meantime? I sure do. Well, tell us, because we don't have anything to do until the next episode. Until the next episode, you should watch the feature-length film Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a good one. It that is a good one. features great Jim Henson puppetry from the Henson Puppetry Shop Company. <laughs> Uncle Monster 2! They're making their face again! Oh, hi, Uncle Monster! Who oh, is that Uncle pretty Monster girl? Team. That's my pretty wife, correct? Oh, I'm sorry. Nice to meet you, ma'am. Hi, thank I... you. <laughs> Anna, I think you were absolutely wonderful on the episode. Oh, thank you. And I, I would like to tell you some movies you can watch in between now and next episode. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I like watching movies. Tell us several movies. I hope it's the classic comedy four. If you're not into the Great Lakes or the Mishapeshu, but you are into whatever shakers are, watch Ken Burns' Shakers. <laughs> Hands to work, hearts to God. Also, if you like Harry Potter, don't watch The Changeling, because it's not got a lot of magic to spell them. Uncle Monster 3? <laughs> Auntie Monster? Hello! It's Auntie Monster! <laughs> It's so great oh to be here. Yeah, I'm Uncle Monster's sister-in-law who licenses his act. <laughs> I just uh, wanted to drop in and recommend a movie. I am going to recommend the movie uh, Jaws. That's a great Good movie. Classic. Got lots of water. Got uh, <laughs> some sexy men on a boat. Going yep. after yeah. a shark. That's what I'm going to say. Excellent. Thank you, Uncle Mo Auntie Monster. You're welcome. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. It's been great to have you. We hope you had fun. I know that I did. Thank you so much to my wonderful wife, Anna. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Anna. Welcome. Wonderful having you. Thanks for having me and on. Do you have anything you want to plug for the listeners or a social media you want people to check out? Or are you all locked down right now? 
Um, I would say that I would encourage people to check out the podcast that I will be releasing with you, sweetie, just Ooh. as soon as we get our off our uh, duffs and record another episode. Um, yes, we, I don't even remember uh, it, when uh, did they do the first one. Oh no! Oh I'm no! The sweetie just, in this uh, oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. I thought you were talking to me again. <laughs> My fault. And that's going to be about uh, competitive reality shows. We've got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of insight. We'd love to share. And it's going to be called "Please Pack Your Mics and Go." So I'm going to plug that. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, listeners, if you want to get more of us, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to see what we're up to, you can find us on Instagram at Uncle Monster Six. You can find us on Twitter at Uncle Monster Podcast. And you can find us on Patreon, where you can get early access to all our episodes and a bunch of fun bonus episodes at patreon.com slash UncleMonster6. Right now we're doing a deep dive into the complete Leprechaun franchise. Two movies in, and I really regret the selection. It's a lot of fun. You guys will love it. And the movies are just god-awful. They are so bad, and it's so much fun. So join us uh, uh, for all the fun and all the details. They're real bad, though. It's true. But until next time, everyone, (sighs) don't don't get spooked. spooked. Just like an old-time movie I just come rushing well In a castle dark A fortress strong with chains upon my feet You know that's ghost to speak And I will never be set free Long as I'm a ghost that you can't When you get to the bar, the heartaches are the heroes of the evening, and the heroes are the best.